Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word. Howdy, friends, and welcome to today's Light Steps Live. And for the sake of time, because there's so much good stuff to get into today, let's go ahead and jump into this next segment of our Fruitful Disciples series. As you know, we've been covering some important words that are descriptive of the life of a fruitful disciple, and today's word is spent. Spent. Being a fruitful disciple who lives as a suffering ambassador is about letting God spend us. You probably already know what passage we're going to, but just in case you don't, turn in your Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 22. And as you find your spot, let me tell you just a quick story. I I like to see foreign money. I like to see what things people put on the currency of their nation. And I've always been fascinated by it. My, my, uh, my mom has been really gracious over the years to give me all sorts of cool old American money. And she worked in a store for a long time. She would pick up foreign change. And then in my travels in the army and through mission trips and various adventures, God has allowed me over my years. I've, I've just, I've just seen and handled a, a ton of foreign currency and, and we've learned that, you know, currency has to be complicated so that it won't um, easily be counterfeited. And um, I, I've just come to appreciate that illustration so much. Currency has to be complicated so that it won't be so easily counterfeited. And I, I just appreciate that. You hold on to that illustration as we look at Matthew uh, 22, beginning at verse number 15. The Bible reads like this. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words, and they sent their disciples to him. You see, you see this? Let me just interrupt the scripture reading. You see this? There's all sorts of disciples. Being a fruitful disciple uh, means bearing fruit of whoever you're following. Being a fruitful disciple of Jesus is bearing fruit because of following Jesus. The fruitfulness of plotting Pharisees is plotting disciples. That's just interesting. Anyway, back to verse number 16. And they sent their disciples to him, him being Jesus, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, We know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. I mean, like, of course they did. I love this story. I think about it every single day. There is a ton here, and I won't try to handle it all, but let me just share some of it. You guys see the setting. 
there are these religious leaders, there's these Pharisees, there's these Herodians. They're, they're basically saying both camps of the major groups of Jewish religious leaders want to trip Jesus up. They want to turn public tide against him. They want to find something to convict him of. And they want to do it wholesale and full scale. They want Jesus convicted in front of the Roman folks. They, they, they want to be able to go to those Roman uh, conquerors and say, look, man, there's this guy over here and he's telling people, don't pay your taxes. And, uh, and they want him to say something in favor of the Romans so that he'll get trapped by the people. They, they would like to you know, have the Jewish people condemning Jesus and they would like to have the Roman people condemning Jesus. And if, and, if, and if one doesn't, they are really banking that the other will. So they're trying to catch Jesus in something. So you see the scene. This isn't really a serious question. And um, I'll tell you, we run into that a lot. Run into that a lot, and Jesus is a wonderful example of how to handle it. He gets he gets to what's the he gets to what the real point is, and he gets to the motive of the questioner. I love how Ravi Zacharias says, "You always ask a question, but you should answer the questioner." Wonderful advice. Wonderful advice. So you see the setting here. These guys come and ask Jesus this question. Hey, is it right that we pay taxes? Jesus basically says, hand me a piece of money. But it's not so simple as just, you know, hand me a piece of money. What he is saying is, show me the method of measuring value in this Roman setting you're in. Show me the method of measuring value. Isn't that, a, isn't that a cool way to frame it? Um, you know, if you see a penny on the ground, you say, well, it's just a penny. It's just a penny. And you may or may not pick it up. I pick it up. If I see a penny, I pick it up. It's one, it's one one hundredth of a dollar, right? Um, if you see a hundred dollar bill on the ground, you definitely pick it up. <laughs> you just, boom, I'm going to get it. I pick it up. We understand the method of measuring value in the United States, and we know the currency we use to to trade, to barter, to buy. We know it's money. So Jesus says, hand me this coin. And you know what it's like to look at a coin. If you don't stop what you're doing, grab a coin and take a look at it. Jesus says, you know, what is this saying on here? And where did it originate from? What is this image and who is it? Well, you guys know who it was. The inscription was from the Roman Empire, and the and the image was of their Kaiser, their Caesar, their leader, their their emperor, their king. He says, "Now, who does this coin represent?" I'm like Caesar. Like, cool. This is how Caesar measures value. This is how Caesar trucks in trade. This is how Caesar takes in income for the state. And this is how Caesar spends to, to arm and equip and feed the state. This is Caesar's value tool. This is Caesar's shopping tool. You know whose it is. So if this is what Caesar is trucking in, if this is what Caesar says is value, valuable, if this is what Caesar uses to buy and to sell, is this is what Caesar uses to propagate his empire, then when Caesar asks for what's valuable to him, because he's the governing authority, render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Let's pause right here and say, you know, it is 
possible to honor the lowercase l Lord and the uppercase l Lord. Obeying most just laws causes us no problem as believers. Sometimes we're asked to obey an unjust law by the state and we have to say, no, I won't do that. In which case, we may face the wrath of the state, but we will have the approval of the Lord. But sometimes we get confused and we call some law or measure of the state unlawful simply because we don't like it. God doesn't let us off the hook right there. Jesus, if Jesus were in modern day North Carolina like I am, he might say, listen, do you guys like paved roads? Do you like fire trucks? Do you like to have subsidized milk? Sure you do. You couldn't afford it without it. Uh, do you do you guys like to think that there are 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 you know public services like schools? Do you do you like uh, to think that the that the government of North Carolina, the government of the United States, keeps the land generally peaceful? Great. Then you understand that costs something. What do they value? They value the American dollar. So when they want a piece of your American dollar, remember you like subsidized milk. Remember you like paved roads. Remember you like the firemen to come to your house when it's on fire. Remember that you like a generally safe and peaceful place and pay your cotton picking taxes. A fruitful disciple learns to honor the lowercase L Lord and the uppercase L Lord, and they learn to struggle to know the difference between those times where those two things collide, and they learn to count the cost when they're obeying the Lord Jesus, and it causes them to disobey man. You just go back to that story I told in our in our last podcast. I, I almost got fired for for witnessing, and and it would have been just in my in my employer's eyes to fire me for propagating the gospel during work hours. It would have been just in their eyes, but it is right in God's eyes that I love my coworkers and share the gospel with them. So if I'd got fired, I just had to suffer the consequences. And what God would have done is a work through that suffering. You see what I'm saying? That's a side note. We need to get to the meat. These guys are trying to trick Jesus. They say, okay, whose who's image is on this? Caesar's. Okay, cool. Render unto Caesar that which is his. Render unto Caesar that which Caesar values. Render unto Caesar that which Caesar uses to do his business. Okay, we spent a bunch of minutes building up to this moment. That is even, that's the smaller things. Paying taxes, even if the government starts taking like 90% of your money, paying taxes will be easy against the next thing Jesus says. Paying taxes will be easy against the next thing Jesus says. If you go back and look at Matthew 22, and he says to him, like, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. The very next thing he says is, and unto God, the things that are God's. And by way of implication, he said, whose image is on the coin? Caesar. Cool. Give the coin to Caesar. Now, also give God the things that are his. What's, what's his? Who's made in his image? We are. We are. Genesis chapter one, he says, come, let us make man in our image. Guys, do you see what he's saying? This is how Caesar measures value. This is how Caesar gets things done. This is how Caesar does the business of the state. How does God do the business of the kingdom? 
He does it with his people. He does it with what is made in his image. He does it with what he values. Oh, man. I'm going to bust my microphone. I am... I think about this almost every day. If I'm going to be a fruitful disciple, I must render unto the Lord that which is his. How can you not at this moment be thinking of Romans 12, 1 and 2? You know, how can you not? Paraphrase there. What What does the apostle Paul tell us there? He says, you know, here's what you do. Don't be conform to the image's world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's verse two. Verse one, he says, he says, what you want to do is you want to be a living sacrifice. So a priest would carry a dead sacrifice into, into uh, the temple and offer it to God. Okay. He's saying, I want you to be a temple and always be offering yourself to God, be a living sacrifice, be the coin in God's hand and allow God to spend that thing that has his mark of value, that has his image on it. Oh my goodness, y'all. That gets me so excited. So here's the thing, a fruitful disciple learns to live for King Jesus. We are the living stones put together. We are the living coins being spent. We are that which has his image. We are that which he values. We are that by which on this earth he does his business. Isn't that cool? I, I tell you what, let's, let's in a, just for a few minutes, let's turn over to Psalm 110. Uh, let me show you guys something really cool. We'll just walk through it real quick. This, this thought that a fruitful disciple learns to live for King Jesus. Psalm 110 has some pretty compact thoughts um, in, this, in this area. Psalm 110, beginning at verse number one, the Bible right, reads like this. I'm going to read all the verses from Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. You see right there that King Jesus conquers. Look at verse number two. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. You see that King Jesus rules heaven and he rules earth. Look at verse three and four. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning. The dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. King Jesus is our eternal priest in the order of Melchizedek, as it says in the second part of verse number four. I didn't read that. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. He is our eternal priest. His teaching endures forever. His prayers for the people never end. His sacrifice stands eternally sufficient. Look at verse five. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. Verse six, he will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the world wide. King Jesus judges all nations. Verse seven, he will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Nothing's going to stop King Jesus. A fruitful disciple 
a fruitful disciple learns to live for King Jesus because King Jesus is conqueror. King Jesus is ruler over heaven and earth. King Jesus is our eternal priest, constantly, forever teaching us, constantly, forever making prayers for the people, constantly, forever being the sacrifice that is eternally sufficient before the Father. So what are we? We're coins in his hand. He is our king. Render unto your king that which was made in his image. You're made in his image. Isn't that a delightful truth? Does that excite anybody but me? Wow. This passage from the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 22 just stays on my mind on a very regular basis. You could actually talk a lot about the motives behind those guys wanting to trip Jesus up. But the whole thing is, is being the master teacher, being Emmanuel, being God with us. How would God, if he were with us, answer this question of what's the purpose of life? He would say, well, you're made in the image of God. So your purpose in life is to is to be is to be spent out of God's hand for his good pleasure. So living for King Jesus means constantly learning to be spent out of his hand. Living for King Jesus respects his sovereign authority while also appreciating what authority he gives people in the world. Living for King Jesus means we are not inanimate objects, but we are living coins to be spent joyfully. We must be surrendered with contentment and willingness. And as a fruitful disciple, if we want to get a great value out of our life, we have to see the great value that is our life. Let me say that again. If you want to get a great value out of your life, you have to see the great value that is your life. You are made in his image. He, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. He sent his son to die for you. He seals you with his Holy Spirit. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you have great value. And you have to be the real deal. If you're not the real deal, if you're not complicated... And what I mean, complex. If you're not, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a real deal imitation of Jesus, then it's easy to make counterfeits. See where that opening illustration came back around? So my brothers and sisters and friends who might be listening, this life that we have been called to is not simply, it's not simply being nice. We are the currency of God, stamped with the image of heaven. We are the value of the king and his kingdom, and he desires to spend us for his good pleasure, his glory, and even our own good. Thank you for listening to Light Steps Live. I look forward to being together again with you soon. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. This episode is sponsored by the Light Steps devotional series. Would you like to have Light Steps in print or on your digital reader? Tim Bose has written three devotionals, Light Steps, More Light Steps, and Steps on the Roman Road. These titles can be found in print at the My Life Matters office or in digital format via Amazon. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Music